Welcome to The Vital Point. I'm your host, Jonathan Schechter. If you're interested in different methods and ways to transform your life, like plant medicines and psychedelics, breathwork, meditation, somatic practices, cold exposure, and so many more that we've talked about on this show, then my friends, you are in the right place. This podcast is not just for practitioners. It's also for you if you're new to transformational work and you're looking for more information and direction. The reason I chose the name The Vital Point is to highlight the most important secret to actually changing your life, regardless of the method or modality that interests you. Are you ready to hear it? The vital point is that you have to practice. You can't just listen or read about transformation. And most of the time, you're not going to have some sort of one-time life-changing event. Real transformation is a process. I started this podcast to spotlight incredible leaders and practitioners who have experienced their own transformation and have been called to share their passion and mission with others so that you can benefit as well. If you're new to this type of work, welcome. I'm your host, Jonathan Schechter. I'm an integration and transformation coach, breathwork facilitator, been meditating for 19 years, and recently began teaching mindfulness. Breathwork and a lot of the other modalities and resources I talk about on this show are tools that I discovered when I was at my lowest, going through my own transformational journey. I know how much change they can actually bring because I've experienced it myself. I've experienced the transformation that comes from working, practicing, and integrating these experiences, these practices. My intention is not only to entertain, but that something that you hear on this podcast sparks the fire of your own change. When you do feel called to learn more, please send me or the guests a message. We are all here to grow together and support each other. And I hope you enjoy today's episode of the show. My guest on this episode is the founder and chief empathy officer for Empathic Health, Doug Finkelstein. I recently met Doug when I went to Florida to help co-facilitate the first ever wellness approachment with Silo Health. And you probably heard me mentioned that recently on the podcast. I got to lead meditation, take everyone through an ice bath, and uh, co-facilitate breath work. And Doug and Empathic Health were integral in making that wellness approachment a reality. So one of the things that was really cool about that weekend was um, meeting all these great people, Doug being one of them, and connecting And so when I came home, I decided to check out his platform, Empathic Health. And Empathic Health is a psychedelic integration community for people to learn, share, and help others. And I got to say, as somebody that's been moving from like sort of this passive consumer on, um, you know, on the internet in terms of psychedelics to somebody that's taking a more active role as an integration coach and as a breathwork facilitator, it's great to actually find a community where people are sharing and learning and supporting each other. My experience has been joining a lot of Facebook groups where there's not a whole lot of value there. Um, In fact, to oversimplify it, a lot of these groups are just asking each other for hookups. And I'm assuming there's a lot of scamming going on there. But anyway, my opinions aside, there's not a whole lot of value there. You know, there's not a whole lot of support, uh, learning, vulnerability, sharing, all the things that I've found so far in empathic health. And um, I'm currently going through their onboarding process right now. They have a really cool program when you join So that instead of just dropping you in to the community where you don't really know anybody and you don't really know the lay of the land, um, 
they have an onboarding cohort. So not only are you getting to know people right off the bat and connect with them, um, you're also going through some really valuable skills for the integration process, like journaling and breath work and um, learning about music and having opportunities for open sharing and vulnerability. And I'm really enjoying the process so far. And it's a, it's a unique approach. You know, I, I've never joined an online forum community where, you know, there's so much attention placed on the actual community and the importance of community, especially within the context of integration is something that Doug and I get into during this conversation, along with talking about, you know, what integration means in general and his experience discovering psychedelics and, you know, kind of his story. So yeah, this is a really cool episode and, um, hope you enjoy it. Welcome friends to another episode of the Vital Point podcast, the podcast all about transformational practices in all its myriad forms, from psychedelics to breath work, ice baths, meditation, uh, dance, like we had yesterday, and more. My guest today is Doug Finkelstein. He's the founder and chief empathy officer at Empathic Health, and Empathic Health is a psychedelic integration community for people to learn, share, and help others. And I recently connected with Doug uh, during the recent approachment. Um, we're not calling it a retreat, it's an approachment rather than moving away, um, but approachment activity with uh, Silo Health. And really, uh, I'm just enjoying getting to know him and what his organization is all about. Uh, so Doug, welcome uh, to The Vital Point. Thanks, Jonathan. Really excited to be here. Awesome. Yeah, it's great to have you. So just to uh, jump right into it, um, you know, you are the chief empathy officer. I love that. Rather than being a executive, that that's a really cool uh, title um, for Empathic Health. So, uh, you know, an organization that's really working in the psychedelic space. So how did you come to psychedelics and you know, what's your experience with that? Yeah, it's a good question. At first, I wanted to be the community empathy officer, but there was too much change going on. So I was like, let's stick with, with chief, chief empathy for now. And then uh, maybe one day one can dream. <laughs> um, yeah, my story goes back to uh, when I was a kid, I was 13. I started taking Propecia, it's this chronic hair loss medication everyone in my family is bald. And I was like, oh, free hair, sign me up. I'll just take this pill. I'll be good to go. No questions asked. Um, shockingly, it, it wasn't that simple. I uh, had really bad side effects physically, mentally. And I was on that for 10 years until I was 23. Because, um, you know, as a teenager, I didn't want to risk my hair falling out if I started take stop taking this. So I, I kind of just stuck with it, uh, even though I, I think deep down, I knew it wasn't um, it was making me unhappy. When I was 23, I found an online community of people talking about the side effects that were also on this medication. Uh, some of them just had really, you know, shocking, eye-opening um, side effects coming. And some of them resonated with me. Fortunately, some of the worst didn't, but I knew every day I kept taking it, I was risking, you know, that potentially happening to me. So after reading that and, and getting to know some of the people in that community, stopped taking it. A uh, few months later, got into meditation and that combination of things, I kind of credit with the turnaround in, in my life where I started to do uh, the things that I just didn't really care for the last 10 years, um, trying new foods, traveling, just, you know, being present and, and enjoying the, the company of the people around me and, and my friends and family. So uh, in the spirit of trying new things, one of the things that caught my interest when I was 25, two years later was psychedelics and specifically mushrooms. And, you know, at the time, I, I think I more or less had the opinion that the government and media try to give us that is for hippies at festivals and you're going to jump out of a third story building if you even talk about psychedelics, but knew that was, you know, a lot of bullshit. Uh, did my own research, 
And it was tricky because every website looked like it was made by a 12 year old in the 1980s, very dark webby and sketchy. You feel like, you know, you're not even supposed to be on these sites, even though it's just people, you know, sharing information and, and experience and perspective. Uh, eventually found enough to feel comfortable having my own first experience out in nature with, with some friends. And, you know, case in point of, of just not having all the information, I brought what I thought was a trip sitter with me. It was just a friend that was sober, but had never done psychedelics. Uh, now I know that that's not the case, but uh, limited, limited information back then. So uh, fortunately, everything went well. I was working in finance at the time. And after that experience, no longer wanted to work in finance, the most shocking thing ever. Uh, so decided to recalibrate my life, figure out what I wanted to do. Um, decided to go out to Los Angeles, where I am now, uh, after realizing I could scooter to the beach in the middle of February, which coming from New York, not really an option. Um, so that and a bunch of other reasons I came out here and actually attended business school at UCLA, getting my MBA. So two-year program there. After the first year, everyone of my friends in, in school is getting into consulting or banking or you know big tech recruiting. And to be honest, that all kind of just sounded like finance with a different name on it. So I knew I, I wasn't really interested in that, but I still couldn't figure out you know, what my passion was. Uh, but in the meantime, for my own personal mental health, every four months or so, I'm kind of due for my reset where <clears throat> I'll go out into nature with some friends, a very small, you know, selective group, and we'll have another mushroom experience. And that's kind of what I need to you know, recalibrate, reprioritize, reorientate. And I realized after a bunch of these that I was always really excited for the next one um, and you know the one happening to um, help people prepare and to to process to integrate after the experience and you know make it so it wasn't just that time we did drugs out in the woods or the desert but that time I realized that I need to you know tap back into my creative spark or I need to reevaluate my career path or I need to reconnect with my family members whatever it might be for each person and uh, we all know if we've if we've had an experience that you know it varies journey to journey, person to person. Uh, so I kind of had this epiphany during one of my journeys in uh, the summer of 2020 that you know I'm a student. If there was ever a time to try and start something new that I feel is needed, it would be now. And this is clearly the the area that I'm so interested in. Um, and then I thought back to you know all right what what gaps do I see that I think I can help fill? Well, I'm coming from New York, which is a pretty you know, liberal place and people are <clears throat> somewhat open about this, uh, but it was still, I couldn't even find out what a trip sitter was. And if I'm having that difficulty, I can't imagine people um, in other countries where you know this stuff isn't talked about at all, or even parts of the United States where it's, it's very taboo still. So if we could kind of bring those uh, you know, 1980s looking websites into the present and have a safe place where people can be vulnerable and talk about their experience and perspective and uh, connect with people all across the spectrum from never tried a psychedelic to have been doing it for decades and have tons of experience and perspective to share that um, it'd be beneficial for everyone involved in, in those um, conversations. So I spent the next year of school taking some virtual community building courses, not at school, they definitely did not offer those, but online, um, going to some psychedelic conferences and summits. And then four days after I graduated, I launched the Empathic Health Community on Slack. Uh, we grew from Slack to our current platform, which is on Heartbeat. Uh, we are a invite only community. So we let our members invite other members that they think would get benefit from the community. And we do referral calls for anyone that finds us uh, through LinkedIn, or maybe if you're hearing this podcast, where we connect you with one of our community managers to have a conversation, and then they can refer you to the community that way. And the point of that being, uh, like I mentioned, we want to be a place that people feel safe and can be vulnerable and uh, like they know everyone or they know that everyone in there is a first degree connection of somebody that, you know, is already in there that they trust. So uh, we're, we're sticking to that. It's not your traditional kind of growth mindset of a, a social media um, company or anything like that. We're really focused on just the quality of the conversations, the quality of the people there and uh, making the best experience for our members 
So yeah, that's a bit about kind of how my personal path led to the creation of the empathic health community. It's very cool. There's, there's a few things that kind of stuck out there to me. One of them at the very end, um, in terms of the, the first, you know, sort of first connections and first level connections. Um, you know, I, I find so many times there, there's, there's been times where I've joined like Facebook groups, for instance, and it's, I'm looking for integration and support and community. And it's just like a bunch of people like, Hey, you want to buy some DMT or like, you know, hey, I'm selling this. And, you know, it's just like a weird, like unmoderated, sort of sketchy market. Like, I don't know, I wouldn't want to buy anything from random strangers off of Facebook. But um, so yeah, that is definitely something that I've noticed um, in my short time, being part of empathic health is like, yeah, people are there to support each other. There's a lot of discussion, there's a lot of uh, vulnerable sharing and um, you know, sharing of, of knowledge and um, you know, of, of experience, which is, is really cool. Another thing that kind of stuck out to me, I, I, like, I love your story because that, that, that experience you talked about, about being able to stop taking the Propecia and like finding that out through an online community <laughs> and then taking that and like, finding some other weird, like sort of sketchy, like maybe not so helpful online communities, and then creating something that you wanted to see that you really felt there was, there was a gap in. That's, that's really cool to me. Just that parallel, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really cool that this, you know, awakening, so to speak, after stopping to take the Propecia uh, was due to a community. And that's kind of where I'll end up. And I, I know that, you know, community is, uh, my calling. It just feels so right. And it, it makes so much sense to me. Um, I just love checking in with people and seeing how things are going and connecting them to people. I think that will yield a fruitful conversation for them both. And then there, there's nothing more rewarding than hearing, uh, oh, I, you know, connected with this person and we're actually meeting up in person or like, I know about their family and what's going on in their life. Like to help facilitate connections like that is uh, just truly rewarding to me. Uh, so yeah, the a little bit of irony, I guess, in, in kind of how that came full circle is not lost on me at all. <laughs> <laughs> so when you when you first started doing these journeys, especially like you're talking about sort of doing these sort of three to four month resets, um, how much of like what you were sort of learning or, you know, picking up about integration, about best practices for doing these, you know, journeys, was, was any of that coming from those earlier websites or was it more just sort of a like an experiential, like this is what I learned, this is what the medicine or my experience is kind of pulling me towards? Yeah, more the latter. Uh, intuition combined with some basic building blocks that I think many people have like, oh, exercise makes me feel better. Eating healthier makes me feel better. And then, you know, as I began to have more journeys uh, and you know, my interest drew more into like, what else can make me feel better and on the right path and orientate me? And you know, really, the, I think it's talked about uh, a good bit, like how do I bring that day of the journey into my day-to-day -day life and you know, hold on to that feeling that you know, everything is as it's meant to be and that bliss. And my personal belief is it's through those, the maintenance of those, you know, daily, weekly, monthly practices of, I'll, I'll just do a short list now of, you know, breath work, yoga, meditation, eating healthy, exercising, journaling, um, music and sound healing, all, all of these things. It's finding your unique combination and it will be changing all the time. So it's like, you never get there. It's like happiness, you know, you never just get to a point where you're happy. It's something you're like, it's just in the process. Um, so I'm going on a bit of a tangent here, but yeah, I think the, it kind of just was like feeling it out and, and just doing each thing as it came up where it's like, oh, I've never, I mean, I've heard the term breath work, but I didn't know what it was. I breathe every day. Like why, why would I do it in any type of rhythm or anything? And then, in one way or another, I had my first experience 
was like, oh, like that felt good. It was kind of like psychedelic and all I had to do was breathe. And the rest of the day, I feel like, you know, I'm breathing 80% more than I would be otherwise. And like my lungs feel full. I'm going to do this more often. And then same thing with journaling. It's like, oh, when I journal, I tend to feel better. And, you know, maybe I should do a little bit more of that. Um, and there are points that goes the other way too. Like, I know we've talked about this with uh, my meditation practice in the morning. Like I used to do 20 minutes a day pretty consistently. And now it's maybe once or twice a week for, for 15 minutes. And, um, you know, just at this point in my life, that's kind of like what feels right for me. So it's really, you know, ebbing and flowing in all directions or just having some form of time carved out in your day. That's like, I am taking care of myself and my body and, and my mind um, so that I'm not always grinding and, you know, uh, doing the things society tells me I need to do that will just burn you out and, and have you feeling like shit all of the time. Uh, I think these are the things that, like, yeah, they take time, but they make the other time so much more enjoyable because your body feels more at ease. You're not holding tension. Your lungs are full. And uh, yeah, it, it's just these practices that are, are the thing that, that everyone needs to uh, find what works for them. Yeah, that's, that's really key. I, I can definitely relate to that is finding what works for you and being consistent, but like you said, you know, there's, there's a certain ebb and flow, there's seasons to things. There's times where, um, you know, a particular breath, breathwork practice will be a lot more center facing to me in my daily routine, um, or, you know, ice baths, or per perhaps like I'm working through something in particular that I feel like I really need to like write about and have that level of reflection kind of on a, a daily basis. And so, yeah, I really agree that it's, it's about like finding what works for you with, you know, with sort of the caveat that there are some things that are just like best practices, you know, like if you, it's just sort of a, like a mathematical equation. Like if you put these, you know, these things together, it's going to equal better results than what you had um, you know, without them. And, um, I, I do think it's really interesting, like that you were really open to making those changes and to using, um, the medicine in that way, even without that framework of like, Hey, we're going to go take medicine or like, there's something that I need to, to, to fix or, you know, figure out. Um, and I, I think that that's really interesting how, that happens like organically. Cause I think a lot of people, you know, some people come in, especially like as psychedelics get more into the mainstream, like, um, you know, kind of a consciousness. There are people that are like, wow, there's something wrong. And I'm going to go explore this thing instead of getting on this other medication or being depressed or, you know, having another cheeseburger or whatever it is. Um, and so they're coming into it with this framework now of like, hey, this is what integration is and this is the best way to prepare and, um, you know, set and setting and best practices. And then there's other people like, when I was in high school, I had no idea what set and setting meant. In fact, like I almost, I'm not proud to say this, but like, it's almost like I did everything I could to sort of go in the opposite direction. You know, it was like, cool, let's go take acid at magic mountain or like, you know, <laughs> stuff that's just not really smart in terms of like set and setting and best practices. But even having those experiences, I felt like the, the, the journeys that I was having and the things that I was taking away from it were pulling me like in this direction of like, no, no, like here's something that you need to take care of in your life. And like, here's something that's out of balance. And um, so for me, like sort of stumbling into integration and a more structured and like healthy framework around, you know, working with these different substances, it just made a lot of sense. It was like, oh, this is what I should have been doing the whole time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think that's like, that's one of the things I love about the empathic health community is there are so many options and you can kind of dip your toes in the water of any of them. 
No, you can do a week-long challenge of dream work where you help interpret other people's dreams and they help interpret yours. You can join a microdosing group for one week and see how you like it. Uh, you can go to an integration circle one week. You could join the book club, uh, you know, movie night once a month. Uh, there's so many options and you can just kind of, you know, choose your own cocktail of what works. Uh, and yeah, I, I've heard so many stories like yours of, you know, when we're younger, of course, we're going to do these in all the wrong ways because it's, you know, in the same boat as alcohol. It's this thing that's illegal that we're not allowed to do. And how do you enjoy alcohol? It's like, oh, at, you know, a kegger in college with a bunch of people and it's a mess and it's all crazy. That is a horrible setting for uh, taking psychedelics. And the comedian Shane Moss in his movie Psychonautics uh, had a great joke about this where similar story of friends telling him like, oh, I did one time mushrooms one time in college. It was terrible. And he's like, well, where'd you do it? He's like, oh, at a kegger. He's like, yeah, because keggers are terrible and mushrooms tried to show you that, but you didn't listen. <laughs> so, you know, unfortunately now, because so many people are doing it the wrong way growing up, it, it makes it something you don't even consider for all of its benefits because you associate it with that uh, rightfully so very challenging experience you had when you were younger. And, you know, that's just kind of, it's a terrible first impression. So that's why I think it's so important that, you know, we, we do have conversations about uh, what these are and what set and setting is and what a trip sitter is and how to integrate. So it's not just, you know, you're not left alone after your experience that, that day where uh, tons of things happen and things come up and, you know, you have so much to process. It's not like, all right, go figure it out on your own. And then maybe you'll do this again in a few months. It's just not, not a good situation to be in. So uh, if you could have a peer support community like Empathic Health, maybe it, it can help you kind of work through some of those things uh, in between journeys and, and help you make sense of, of what all is happening because we're all just trying to figure it out. Yeah, peer support is, is so key. You know, like um, I, I, when I was younger, I, one of the things that used to always like really strike me because like I got into recovery like in my late teens um, and so like, I was around a lot of people that didn't want to listen to the message that was being shouted at them in various ways from, through various channels. And sometimes like repeating the same mistakes over and over again. And, um, and then being around like my peer group that, you know, some of them hadn't even gotten to that first stage yet of like, oh, maybe I have a problem with something, or maybe I needed to make a change in my life. And one of the things that used to strike me a lot about reflecting on that was like how human beings tend to be unwilling or unable to change through others, you know, peer support or other people's, um, you know, guidance. Like we tend to have to make our own mistakes to really get the message and learn. And I think that there's something that's, you know, you, you gain wisdom and understanding and th through those experiences, but at the same time, like, it's so wonderful to have a fellowship or a community, um, or just a, you know, a group that you can rely on. That's like looking out for you that has your back because psychedelics are so profound and so, um, capable of moving the needle of your life in such a, you know, drastic way sometimes. And, you know, it's good to have that support. Like, it's good to have somebody saying like, oh, hey, like, here's, here's what I would recommend doing. Like, don't, don't go, to, don't go eat at the mushrooms at a kegger or, you know, like <laughs> stuff like that. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm totally with you. And <clears throat> I, I think you're right. Like you definitely need to to learn by experience. That's just the way, the way to do it. I think, you know, one of the ways a, a peer support community helps with this, and I'll, I'll give an example is something I always recommend just as like general advice is if you're doing uh, psychedelics with, you know, a small group or one trusted uh, individual or, or trusted group of individuals, 
and you do start to feel uncomfortable or go to a place that uh, you feel you don't want to, uh, eye contact is something I have found that just, you know, can ground you and, and kind of get you back on that right track, so to speak, maybe in a place that you're more comfortable being and um, really just holding eye contact with the person that, that you trust. And it's the type of thing that, you know, maybe you see someone post that comment in the empathic community and you don't think much of it when you see it, but then four months later, later you're journeying and you're starting to go down a path you don't want to. And something in your brain is like, oh, I remember reading somewhere. I don't even remember where that, you know, eye contact can help with, with maybe reversing this direction. And then you, you know, have that tool in your toolkit and you do it and, you know, hopefully it works out. And it's just one of those things that you pick up like a little bit of knowledge uh, from other like-minded people. And just by being in a place where people are having these conversations, it's people with the same interests as you doing similar things or have already done them and can share their experience. And it's like any other field, profession, hobby, interests where, you know, you can, you can learn from the mistakes of others and, you know, cut your mistake experience learning time greatly uh, by, by having their knowledge and perspective. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It's well said. Thanks. So in addition to some of the things that you mentioned through empathic health, you know, not only is there this forum and community through the, the web platform and, um, you know, you mentioned movie night and integration circles and um, book club and, Actually, one of the things that I found really helpful for me during the uh, approachment that we just did was um, the uh, journaling uh, activity that um, is uh, through Ian, I forget his last name, but it's called okay. the Cosmic, Cosmic Water Closet. Um, and that's an activity that's uh, offered through Empathic Health. And yeah, that was just such a profound experience for me. Like it, I, I wasn't expecting it to be so profound. Like I've used journaling throughout most of my life, I feel like. And um, there was such a good topic. The, the topic that was brought up was like, what, what is a deity that you connect with? And like, what is that relationship like? And it brought up um, a really powerful experience that I had had during um, a pretty intense mushroom journey, like over a year earlier. And even though I had had this like really incredible, like transpersonal experience that, I mean, brought me to tears when it happened. And like, I remember journaling about it and talking with my therapist about it for whatever reason, I didn't do too much more integration on it, you know? And so when I wrote about it, it really brought up a lot of um, emotional material for me to work with. And, and actually like, I, I feel like for, for myself, like the main thing that I've been working on integrating post approachment is, is that experience, which is pretty incredible, right? Like it really speaks to the, the importance of integration. Cause like, here's this thing that happened like over a year ago and it's not like it, my life stopped and was like, well, you got to like stop and figure this out before you can move on. Um, but it's been this thing that like, I feel has really helped to like unlock um, some and move past some blocks that I've had for, for a while. And certainly like just brought up a lot of emotional material that needed to be addressed. So that, you know, that in and of itself, I think is, um, you know, just such a value to, to offer to people and speaks to like how that holistic, uh, process of integration really, um, is this unfolding process and really can benefit by like having these different, um, you know, activities and disciplines. And I'm sure that there was something about like not only writing about it, but like having 
being able to share that experience with other people, you know, cause I've really only talked about that experience with like a couple of people in my life. So something about like being seen and heard and like being able to have that validation from being shared with others um, is really, really powerful. You know, even like within the breathwork circles that I facilitate, I always say this and sometimes people like roll their eyes, but like the integration circle that we have at the end of the activity sometimes can be just as powerful as doing like an hour of transformational breath work, you know, because you're, you're getting that validation and, and being able to share that experience and get support from it. So I really uh, appreciate that about, you know, the community that you're building with, with empathic health. Yeah, absolutely. My biggest takeaway from the approachment as well, was just hearing the, not only hearing, but feeling the the stories of everyone that shared so deeply in just ways that you don't otherwise get to know people. I mean, even like some of my closest friends, we we never talk about things that deeply that we did, you know, at that style health approachment in the course of 48 hours. And I think just opening yourself up to the opportunities for stuff like that to happen is where you'll see them happen. You know, luck is a function of preparation. And I, it's, it's insane to me how many times in the empathic community, some serendipitous moment connection, uh, weird, you know, connection between two people that over some random topic has happened and, and ended up forging much powerful things, much more powerful things from that. And it also doesn't surprise me because we're putting together a group of awesome people that all have very similar interests when it comes to these things. And, you know, we're just creating a breeding ground for serendipitous moments like that to happen. And Venus, one of our facilitators says that she's still integrating things from journeys 25 years ago. So you're, you're right. It's a never ending process journey and it's kind of the fun part too. So uh, yeah, I think being just around other people that are doing that work with you and want to hear what, how it's going for you and they want to share how it's going for them and you want to hear how it's going for them. It just sets yourself up for a lot of those outcomes that you're looking for. And maybe you don't even know you're looking for them. Uh, like with the journaling, you, you go in thinking like, this probably won't do anything for me. I journal all the time. And then uh, luck has a funny way of uh, playing with us and making that the most impactful part of the experience, the one that you didn't think would be at all. So yeah, I, I think it, it really isn't just kind of chance. It's, it's putting yourself in the position to uh, allow those chances to, to be created. Yeah. And isn't it funny, like how it's, it's kind of like a mirror of the psychedelic experience, right? Like sometimes you, you know, especially like, I, I think like people that are new to psychedelics, they're like, oh, I'm going to watch this trippy movie, or I'm going to like do all these things to prepare. But oftentimes like that's just completely ignored. And like, it's the really subtle things that, that happen that can be the most impactful, you know, especially with, within our interpersonal relationships. Um, there's a, a friend of mine, we, we met in an ayahuasca ceremony and uh, we were sitting outside uh, and he looked like he was having trouble. And I like just kind of grabbed his arm and was helping to steady him and didn't think anything of it. You know, it was just like, hey, here's this person. They might need a little help. And he still like talks about like how much that meant to him, like in the moment with the medicine you know, just like, I guess that like a pretty much at that point, like a stranger would have like, you know, reached out his hand, you know, and it's like, okay, cool. Like, I'm really glad that that's the experience you got out of that. Like, I wasn't there to try to like, be some sort of beacon of light or, you know, I wasn't, there was no intention that I had other than like, Hey man, I don't want this guy to like stumble. Yeah, I think that I think that shows the power of just other people. And we all know we're social creatures, but the ability to impact someone so positively 
with what seems to you having done so little, like that extends beyond, you know, being in the, the psychedelic realm and, and during ayahuasca ceremony, even holding the door open for a stranger, like who knows how bad their day was going. And just to, to have someone that doesn't know them be nice, like that, that can change their day. It certainly doesn't hurt it. <laughs> and, you know, you'll probably feel better too, having, having helped, even if it is something super small. Uh, and yeah, I guess I just keep going back to like the giving yourself the chances for interactions like that to happen uh, is, is just a huge benefit of, of having a community of like-minded people that all, all think very similarly to you. Um, but yeah, like the world would be a much better place if, if we had people like you just grabbing, grabbing the arms of strangers and, <laughs> and holding them upright. It, uh, we'd, be, we'd be in a great place. So yeah, kudos to you for even, even though it seems small, it clearly was very impactful. Yeah. And I like what you just said there about like, you know, bringing, bringing that experience back into your real, you know, into your real life, quote unquote, um, you know, cause that's, that really is what integration means to me. You know, it's like, we, we can't be in a ceremony all the time. We can't be in the medicine space all the time. And like, if I think if we are, um, there's probably some things that we're avoiding, you know, of like, how, how can I integrate this? How can I um, embody this oneness or this community, this uh, connectedness, this sense of peace and expansion that I feel in the medicine space in my daily life? You know, when I'm stuck in traffic, when I'm rushing and I don't want to hold the door for somebody, or, you know, when I start to react in the way that I've always reacted, you know, in whatever way that is, um, you know, like how, how do we actually become that change and that trans, that's transformation, um, you know, in the rest of our life. So yeah, thanks for, thanks for that offering there. Yeah, that certainly is the challenge. You can't always be the door holder. Every once in a while, you got a bad day, you need someone to hold the door for you. And in an ideal world that that's cyclical and you always have support. Um, so yeah, doing what you can to provide those support systems for yourself. So whenever you do need them, you have them is certainly a valuable resource. It's, it's an interesting like paradox, right? Like it's almost like we're getting to the point where we don't really need the psychedelic, but did we really need it in the beginning to like set off that catalyst to like, to, to set that spark, to like set us on this path to get to a point where we don't need it or we need it in a much different way. You know, it's, it's a really interesting like um, sort of circle that we, we engage in. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. And I don't know about you, but I almost always get to the point where I, I need it in the sense to snap me back when I go a little too far off track. <laughs> Uh, life is hard, man. There, there's a lot of stuff just all the time in all of our faces competing for our attention. It's so hard to, to know right from wrong and which way is what. Uh, psychedelics will show you, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, but yeah, then, then keeping that kind of compass straight is, is certainly a challenge. So yeah, I think that the tools we're talking about here and uh, just the help and support of others is, is a massive part of that mathematical equation. Yeah. So in addition to all the sort of activities we already talked about, um, I know one of the other things that you are really excited about is the onboarding cohort um, that I'm really excited as well to um, be participating in here coming up pretty soon. So like what what should I be expecting or like what, what, what's in store for me there? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm happy you asked. So in our earlier days, and that's everything up until about two months ago, we would have members come in from, from their invitations and we didn't really have any onboarding set up. You were just a member of the community like everyone else. But of course, you know, you don't know that many people, maybe even only the one person that invited you. Uh, there's people have their inside jokes, there's the recurring schedule, there's tons of events going on, different places to post. It can be overwhelming uh, to the point that, you know, even if it is a valuable resource, you just aren't uh, 
capable of utilizing it because you know we as the community management team haven't set you up to succeed. So what we did was earlier this year, we did uh, a ton of member research. So we brought on the people that invented the jobs to be done theory of, of uh, member research. And what that does is finds the jobs that your product, in this case, our community is fulfilling for people. So what jobs are is the empathic community being hired to do for individuals that join? And with those results, we've custom tailored an onboarding experience to fulfill those needs. So everything from knowledge sharing to providing a platform for those with more experience to share their own knowledge to providing one-on-one -on -one connections for people looking to help others to be able to do so for people that are looking for that help to be able to receive it. Uh, we're, we're thinking about all these things based on each individual that's joining one of our cohorts. So rather than individuals joining one by one, now we have a window of time where we collect our pool of new members that are going to join. We bring them all in together at once with a handful of uh, live pre-recorded email-based events where we allow them to get to know other people that are joining the community at the same time. So they have, you know, uh, accountability buddy and, and some friends that are going along the same journey as them. We introduce them to current members of the community so they can start to get the scoop on, uh, you know, what content goes where and what the event schedule looks like and who in the community might be the perfect member to connect with to kind of start making those one-on-one -on -one connections. Uh, in a more, in a smaller kind of playground sandbox, if you will. So um, you can just meet, you know, a few people at a time before you start to get more comfortable and reach out and, uh, you know, really, really feel at home in the community. So in terms of the cohort onboarding, we bring new members through a uh, welcome and meet and greet where we go over the empathic health community culture and our mission, our vision, our values what we stand for, our roadmap, so where we see the community going. We introduce you to your mentor, which is someone from the community, like I mentioned earlier, that has been around the block for a little bit, and your learning group, which is a smaller subsection of your cohort where you can have two or three people to bounce things off of as you go through the process and uh, you know, hopefully make uh, lifelong friends out of you know these people that are joining at the same time as you. And Throughout, after the welcome, we have a breathwork session. We have a journaling session, like the one you mentioned with uh, Ian Cook and his Cosmic Water Closet. We have a music and sound healing module where we talk about binaural beats and um, ceremony music and the research behind uh, music and, and what it can do for your health. We have a vulnerability night where we have members um, prompted share something that they might not otherwise share, but, you know, gets us all opening up a little bit and starting to know each other on a more personal level, similar to what we did at the approach meeting, where you can really, you know, feel people's story and, and where they're coming from and, and get to know them, uh, albeit virtually, on a, a much deeper level than uh, you might otherwise in like a professional onboarding or uh, something with your coworkers or anything like that. And then after this 10-day onboarding cohort, you join the broader community, now knowing a few members and uh, knowing a few of your fellow onboarding graduates, knowing what events you might want to attend or people you might want to reach out to to learn about specific topics. You have a, a bit stronger of a baseline in breath work and journaling and sound healing. So uh, providing just a a much easier way for people to dip their toes into the water of the empathic health community before they um, join. So they can really hit the ground running and, and find that value that, that we know um, the community has. And now we can more custom tailor it to each individual and, and what they're looking to get out of it. Very cool. I'm definitely looking forward to it, especially the, the sound uh, and music module. That's really something that, that has been a profound change in my own medicine work in the last few years is like 
you know, in high school, it was all like, you know, we listened to the doors and, you know, Pink Floyd and, and stuff like that. And, um, you know, just the, the sheer breadth of artists and musicians that are like tapped into, um, and have the intention of, you know, using their music to enhance, um, you know, psychedelic work is just, it's been so eye-opening to me. And like, I remember listening to a podcast with East Forest and he was like talking about how he just thought like the, the playlist that they were using for the research at Johns Hopkins, which is mostly like classical music and, you know, things like that, like that, that we just deserved better music for our psychedelic experiences because of what an impact it can make to the journey and, and the experience itself. And like, when I heard that, I was like, yes, this is exactly like, this is my manifesto right here. You know, like I'm so on board with this. So I, that's definitely like one of my passions is just finding new music and new artists and, you know, just really connecting into that, that power of sound and, and of music. Yeah, it's really cool to see startups that are focused solely on music for psychedelic experiences and just diving so deep into what seems like such a niche area. But like you said, it is incredibly important and uh, influential on your, your journey. So it's, it's awesome to see things like that are coming into existence. Yeah, I signed up for a, a thing this week through, I think it was Commune. It was like a meditation series with Jack Hornfield and music from East Forest. And I'm like, this is a no brainer. Right <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, you, you know, you mentioned like startups with music and, and seeing how cool that is. Uh, one of the things that I've been struck with throughout this conversation is just how cool it is in general as psychedelics come out more into the public um, sort of zeitgeist, like different people with different backgrounds and skills that are like all coming together into the, into this larger community. You know, like, I don't think that I, obviously I know LinkedIn wasn't a thing when I was in high school, but like, even if it was like, I wouldn't, my ideas about like psychedelics and sort of the psychedelic community wouldn't be that like, oh, there'd be, you know, psychedelics on LinkedIn, you know, or right. like people, people like yourself with business skills, with leadership skills, um, or some of the folks that we spent time with in the silo health community that are scientists and doctors and like really smart people, you know, and like also interested in psychedelics, you know, like my experience growing up was like a bunch of, you know, hippies <laughs> and people that just didn't really always have that, that skill set together, you know? Um, so it's, to me, just watching like how this thing is evolving and unfolding is, is uh, really incredible. It really is. And don't worry, business school is a racket. You're much better off just learning <laughs> from experience. Starting your own podcast business like you're doing is, is a much better option in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, it is, it is magical. I, I, obviously I am out of the four dimensional closet on LinkedIn and I tell everyone what I do unashamedly. Uh, and it's, I, I just love to see that I, no one has ever had a negative reaction to me sharing what I do and the field I work in. Uh, I would say maybe 5% of people have a neutral one, like, Oh, like, you know, cool, like whatever, don't really care, not my thing. And 95% of people's eyes light up and they're like, oh, like I have a friend that microdoses or I've been thinking about starting or I did it in college, but like now I'm, I just read Michael Pollan's book and I wanna, you know, everyone has the, how it relates to them in, in their unique way. And everyone's interested in it. Cause I think we're all in the same boat. We're all kind of fed up with the lies and bullshit of, you know, what is considered medicine today and, and just what we're told and it just consistently not being accurate. 
Um, so yeah, I think, you know, we all have our relationship to plant medicine and psychedelics and uh, people want to talk about it clearly, you know, 95%, but uh, there's just no outlet for it. There's no group of people or, or network that is, is built to, to have those conversations. So that's why psychedelic LinkedIn is great. A lot of people talking about it there. Uh, I imagine only if you follow, you know, certain people, I, I bet most, you know, typical LinkedIn people are not seeing all the psychedelic stuff flying across their LinkedIn, but it's literally the only thing I see on my LinkedIn just because of the nature of who I'm connected with. Uh, so it certainly exists there. It's great to see. Um, yeah, it's great to see people being so open about it on a more typically corporate platform. Yeah, I, I agree. And like, you know, you, you had posted something fairly recently on the empathic, uh, forum. It was like a, a, a website with job openings for companies in the psychedelic field. And for me, like somebody that still has, you know, one foot in the corporate world and is squarely in the closet because of that, you know, um, that, that, that position. And then it has this completely like other thing that, and those two parts haven't quite figured out how to integrate yet. Like that actually gave me a lot of um, encouragement and hope of like, hey, you know, I do have these skills that just because this sort of dinosaur of a company that doesn't really approve of, you know, whatever, because of whatever, um, you know, wouldn't I have to kind of keep this cloistered? Like that doesn't mean that there aren't other opportunities and other companies that I could take that skill set to and be welcomed and like not have to like hide this part of myself or you know could really integrate those those two things together instead of it being separate. Yeah, I think that speaks to the just the serendipity of putting yourself in that right place where you know I posted that job board thinking like oh someone might be looking for a very specific job on this board and then you know wouldn't that be great but you know here similar to you holding the arm of that guy at the retreat like just the fact the board existed and and you weren't aware of it but now you were because of that post has you know provided a, a great value to your mindset about you know your your future career path and it wasn't one particular job on the board or anything like that or anything I would have even thought but it, it had these other you know profound beneficial effects that or just being in the right place at the right time and setting yourself up to do so. Yeah, for sure. That's a great point. And yeah, definitely. I've bookmarked that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, so in terms of um, people like wanting to be involved with empathic health and, and join the community, you kind of mentioned this at the top, but like what What's sort of the process for that if they're curious and want to learn more? Yeah, happy you asked. So if you visit empathic.health, that's our website, and you can learn a bit more about the community, see some testimonials from current members. Uh, there you'll find when our next cohort starts, and you can schedule time to talk to one of our community managers, that being me solely right now, uh, for 10 or 15 minutes, and I'll tell you a bit more about it, the dates, and um, what to expect and, and the commitment that, that you can expect to, to put in. Um, and then assuming that everything is a good fit from there, we'll get you into the next cohort. So the, the first step would definitely just be to visit our website, empathic.health, and learn a bit more about us and then uh, sign up to, to get on my calendar and, and we can have a chat. Awesome. Well, this has been a great uh, conversation, Doug. It really appreciate your time and getting to know you a little bit better, knowing your story and um, just hearing more about the great work that you're doing in this space. And it's exciting to like think about um, this, this venture being so new, you know, and like where it's going to go and what it's going to flourish into and um, all the people that's going to help as it continues to grow. So definitely appreciate you, brother, and uh, happy that we could have this time. Yeah, I appreciate those kind words. And right back at you, Jonathan. Every conversation we have is a good one. I look forward to many more. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you again for tuning in to The Vital Point. And if you are enjoying the podcast, uh, please leave a review on uh, whatever platform you're checking this out on. If you're watching the replay on Instagram, um, 
Empathic Health does have an account. You can follow it. I'm not sure if it's going to be. Um, we have zero uh, posts. It, but there's an account, so you know you can represent. <laughs> and um, yeah, definitely go check out um, Doug's website and uh, check out Empathic Health on LinkedIn if you're active there as well. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. And until next time, uh, keep practicing and uh, integrating your experience. Thanks a lot, everybody. I don't want to do that. That's what I want to do. Thanks for checking out another episode of the podcast. I hope that you enjoyed it and that you feel inspired to go and do some practice of your own. Remember that integration and practice is the vital point. Maybe this episode inspired you to add something new to your daily or regular practice, like meditation or breath work. Or you're ready to take that ice bath that you've been dreading, but you know is going to be really good for you. Maybe you're curious to something that you've been called to try, you know, like working with a new teacher or facilitator or working with a psychedelic or plant medicine in whatever way is safe and legal for you where you live. Please reach out to me or to the guest through the links on the show page to learn more about what we talked about on this episode. Subscribe to the podcast and please leave us a review, which really helps the show, makes it visible to more people. And if you're finding the show valuable, please share it with a friend that would also be interested and uh, share it on your social media. Follow me at Blue Magic Alchemy on Instagram. That's all one word. And if you're interested in learning more about breathwork or you'd like support with self-development and transformational practice, reach out to me at bluemagicalchemy at gmail.com or Instagram to set up a discovery call for individual coaching sessions and my six-month transformational coaching container. Until next time, be well, keep practicing, because that's the vital point. Be well, my friends.